you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum. Good afternoon. It's 12 minutes past one. It's Football Forum here on Friday the 6th of March. Welcome one and all. I'm Joe Sanfield and Connor Thorpe's with me as always. Afternoon, Connor. Good afternoon. Uh, Josh Chapman is usually with us, but he's otherwise elsewhere. This afternoon, this is an hour and a bit of the latest news and goals concerning the Blades and the Owls and a bit of everything else from British football as well. So here's what's on the back pages this afternoon. United proved they're sharp enough. Captain Billy nodding in an extra time winner as the Blades make the FA Cup quarterfinals with a 2-1 win against Reading. Sergio Ahero for Man City. Wednesday bow out after a valiant effort in the fifth round with a 1-0 home defeat to the Citizens. In the top stories, Jose pays the penalty as Spurs suffer a cruel twist of fate in the shootout. Norwich knock the North Londoners out as we look at the other FA Cup fifth round action. And five months later, we're finally discussing the future of the Carabao Cup. We also turn our attention to the weekend's action as United are hosting Norwich and Wednesday are heading to the capital as they travel to Griffin Park for the very last time. They're taking on Brentford. And as ever, there's another round of unpredictable. Yeah, we've got a Manchester derby involved in our predictions, but who is going to be top dog this weekend? As ever, you know it better. We are Sheffield Hallam's undisputed number one football show. This is, of course, Football Forum. And it's live. Cheers, Martin. And um, we're also delighted this afternoon to be joined uh, by a special guest as ever on this show. But uh, it's the first special guest that is ever returning to the programme. We're delighted that Naz Premji joins us once again this afternoon. Afternoon, Naz. Good afternoon, gents. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And uh, glad you are as well. It's great to have you back on the show. Uh, great si- to be here. Well, it's great si- to be invited back. Mm, I must have been all right. Yeah, there. you did well. well. Yeah, yeah, you did very well. Uh, six months on. And we are going to get on to Sheffield West. Wednesday, your team as, uh, as listeners of the show know. Uh, that's where we're going to start because we're going to start on Wednesday night uh, for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, they, uh, well, there's no other way of saying it. They had the uh, the quite tricky job of, uh, of FA Cup fifth round action hosting Manchester City, the, the current holders, Premier League champions, and the team that had won eight of the last nine potential domestic trophies so uh, an interesting one in prospect uh, Connor did say he was uh, potentially expecting double figures but let's see how they got on your commentators at Hillsborough on Wednesday night were Mike McCarthy and Andy Giddens into midfield with Rodri Benjamin Mendyu rattled the woodwork just a couple of moments ago inside left channel nice ball to Aguero turn shoots Wildsmith gets a palm to it but it trickles over the line Wildsmith got down but the wrists weren't strong enough to stop the effort there from Sergio Aguero. Man City had been testing the Wednesday defence early in this second half and they do eventually have the breakthrough. 52 minutes on the watch and it's Sergio Aguero with goal number 23 of the season and it's Wednesday nil, Manchester City won. And it will go behind as the referee calls full-time at Hillsborough. Valiant Sheffield Wednesday head out of the FA Cup. At the fifth round stage, they are beaten by the holders by a goal to nil. So Sheffield Wednesday against Manchester City, and I'm going to sum it up for you this week as Chappers is uh, is not here. And uh, as I say, a valiant effort for Wednesday, and they held their own for uh, for the first half. They went in at half time at nil nil. Some uh, some fantastic defending, but Wednesday they never really looked uh, very attacking. Well. 
you wouldn't be very surprised against Manchester City with a uh, with a starting lineup last night of uh, Wednesday night of 457 million I think it was or thereabouts um but Wednesday they didn't didn't do too badly they only went down uh, by a goal to nil uh, Sergio Aguero uh, with the goal in the 53rd minute and realistically if VAR had been in use at Hillsborough it probably would have been ruled out but uh, Wednesday did have a chance late on uh, Stephen Fletcher great ball uh, played into the box but he was just too uh, too far away to uh, to nod in to uh, to get a touch on it but never mind uh, a bit of a howler from Joel Wildsmith he uh, he got hold of the ball and it bounced down and into the back of the net, just crawl it over the line. But never mind. Wednesday, out of the FA Cup fifth round, uh, 1-0 at Manchester City. And here's what a proud but disappointed Gary Monk had to say after the game. We knew they were going to put us to situations with chances. You know, I thought Joe and goal was fantastic. And, um, yeah, I obviously got told at the time that um, it was offside. So um, I think, you know, that makes it a little bit bitter to swallow in terms of losing by one goal. You rather it was a legitimate goal than, than what it was. But... We know how good a team we were going to face tonight and we knew what we had to do. I thought we did it as best as possible and and um, that was the most important bit to come off the pitch. Of course, we're disappointed to lose the game, but it was important that we come off the pitch knowing that we performed how we wanted to perform and, and do in terms of the game plan what we wanted. And We tried to push towards the end, but I think there was a few tired legs. We had a couple of opportunities um, towards the end. That ball across the face of goal with Fletch and stuff like that, it didn't quite inches away from that and then a few set pieces in the first half which we could have done a little bit better with but in terms of what I asked the players to do and against a side like Man City I thought we, we really really did well with it you know they've blown sides away and I thought we, we gave a, a good account of ourselves that was important but of course we're disappointed to lose the game ultimately Gary Monk there talking after Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday sorry's, uh 1-0 defeat against Manchester City and Connor you were there uh there was quite a few on Wednesday night. I was watching it. I must admit, I dozed off 50 minutes in. Um, but all in all, not a bad performance. But uh, sadly, out of the fifth round stage. Yeah, um, I don't really think I can sit here and really complain. Um, like we said on Monday, we expected it to be a really comfortable afternoon for evening for Man City. And in some respects, it was because we never really threatened them. But we managed to keep the score down to just one. Uh, we defended really well. And although we've lost, there's a lot of positives to take from it because, you know, wow, how many goals we've been conceding in recent weeks. You think of the five against Blackburn, three against Derby, three against Birmingham, three against Reading. Mm. So um, to put in a performance like that against Manchester City where in the first half we didn't let them have a shot on target, um, which was, although they had all the possession, they didn't really, obviously didn't work Wildsmith in that first half. Bit of a different story in the second half because I think they started moving the ball a bit quicker or a lot quicker, should I say. Aguero and Jesus started linking up a lot more and, and creating more more problems for us. Uh, but all in all, the way we stuck to the game plan was um, was pretty good and um, definitely positives to take from it moving on to next week. Indeed. Um, Naz, obviously, I imagine you were there on Wednesday night as well. And um, how much confidence can Wednesday... Because obviously their defence, as Connor said, is used to shipping goals left, right and centre. To only concede one against Premier League champions in Man City. Surely they've got to take a bit of confidence from that. Yes, um, I think the change of system from uh, Gary Monk worked a treat, having three centre-halves, and uh, I thought Murphy and Fox at wing-back were, were exceptional because they were helping out. You know, It wasn't just a back three at times. It needed to be a back five, which you'd expect. And I thought from a, from a discipline point of view... 
the way the Wednesday uh, lads showed character and uh, commitment, I think that's that, that's what was needed after a very very poor run of um, of results. Now I've I've seen a, a fair number of those games. I was there for the for the Reading game. Very dis- because Reading were. Uh, Reading are hopeless. They yeah. are absolutely <laughs> hopeless. Blackburn are not a good side. Derby are not a good side. And, mm. and to be conceding the number of goals that we have uh, against those teams is disappointing. So that performance was needed. I think it was needed for Gary Monk as mm. well because, you know, he's in a very, very tricky situation. You can't be third at Christmas Day mm. and then have the run that he's had without people asking the question, well, hang on. Uh, has this guy really got what it takes to to continue mm. uh, and you know football is all about now you know uh, at the end of the season he will completely reshape that squad there will be lots of comings and goings but to get there you need to have a good end to the season indeed uh connor obviously i said in the summary sergio aguero his goal if var had been involved it probably would have been offside now, this begs the question that everyone's been asking, should we have VAR in some games and not others? But do you feel a little bit hard done by that the goal wouldn't have probably stood under VAR? Um, well, it's one of those that last season, if that goal had gone in, you, it's something you wouldn't have batted an eyelid at because he's, he might be offside, but he looks level, doesn't he? Now, if you got that into a VAR situation they would overanalyze it and draw lines and you'd probably find that he's just his kneecap might be a little bit offside. Mm. Uh, it's definitely not clear to the naked eye. So yeah, obviously that's frustrating. Um, the point about VAR being in some games and not others, it is, um, it is frustrating um, that it wasn't in use on that occasion because it would have benefited us. Uh, and I, I would be of the opinion that if there was a replay in the fifth round I would be against VAR being used mm. in either situation or you know it's got to be used in both because let's say the Aguero goal gets um, is is allowed to stand yeah. in that game and let's say we equalised um, and we took it back to the Etihad uh, no you wouldn't have had to be settled on the night no I know but what I'm saying is if there were replays oh, on right. that night um then we'd have taken it back to the Etihad, and, and then the, yeah, and then there was VAR, and then maybe we scored a goal that was slightly offside, and then mm. get that get dis- gets disallowed. That's where the problem is in previous rounds where there has been replays, um, but I don't really mind it too much in a one-off game in a competition because you can't do that in the Premier League, for example. You can't have yeah. VAR at Old Trafford, but then not have it at Bournemouth because those results directly affect indirectly affect each other throughout the season. Whereas the FA Cup is just a, a standalone game in itself, so exactly. um, in that in that instance, I'm not too disgruntled by that. Mm. And Naz, obviously, you made a, a bit of a change in between the sticks. Cameron Dawson was out. Joe Wildsmith got uh, got his first run out and his first start since I think it was August of of last year. Eighteen months. Eighteen months. So. Eighteen months. He's not started a game. I think he started uh, a cup tie. Um, I want to say at Middlesbrough, potentially. Um, but that, I, that I can goes, remember because he yeah. did play, and he had a howler in that as well. Mm, but he did um, play against uh, United. Or, he's played. He has he played, played more recently than he, that, but because that was quite a few seasons first, ago. It was first. Yeah, it was. I can't remember the exact. But it is eighteen yeah. months yeah. since his, his start. Um, I think it was needed. Mm. 
Uh, I think Cameron Dawson is an exceptional goalkeeper, but he has had some howlers recently. Mm. And Kieran Westwood was dropped for similar. Mm. So Cam Dawson should be no different. I thought Joe Wildsmith did well. I think you're being harsh with him on the goal. He got a hand to it. He, he, he you know, uh, if he gets a stronger hand to it, it doesn't go in. Mm. Um, I'm of the opinion, by the way, that VAR should be everywhere. Mm. You know, because as Sean Dyche said uh, in one of his interviews, I don't care if you're a millimetre offside, you're offside. Exactly. You know, it's not, you know, we're in the, we're in the, the, the situation now where these games cost hundreds of thousands if not millions of pounds to these football clubs so you know if you're going to have VAR yes adapt it make it a little bit better but from the offside point of view if that's at the Etihad it gets chalked off because he's offside Sergio Aguero is offside whether it's his kneecap his big toe his fingernail he's offside Mm. um but I thought, um, going back to, to what you asked me about in terms of Joe, I thought Joe did exceptional. And I would be very surprised if Joe does not start at Brentford on Saturday. I'd, I'd agree, to be honest, because he made eight saves, all from inside the six-yard box against Man City. And uh, I, I agree in the sense that he, he probably could have done better for that goal. Uh, he was unlucky as well. He was really unlucky mm. for it to loop over his head. Um, and he's redeemed himself by the saves that he has made in that game. The save from Sterling at the end yeah. is phenomenal. Mm, exactly. Yeah. You know, if David De Gea's making that save or Jordan Pickford, they're playing that on Sky Sports News over and over and over exactly. again. He he was that was an exceptional stop. Um and I think he deserves a little bit of a run in the side. Indeed. Definitely. And and I I think um like you said with, with Dawson, he's made quite a few high profile errors in, in recent weeks. Um and Dawson and Wildsmith have generally been held in quite similar regard at Wednesday. Um, Wildsmith's kicking is definitely better than this Dawson's. Is, I was just about to say yeah. that. His, his, his distribution of the ball, whether it with, with hand or foot, is a lot better than Dawson. Dawson can be very wayward with his, with his distribution, mm. with, his, uh, with his kicking, and uh, uh, some of his sort of overarm throws that go out of play. So, yeah, I, I, his distribution is a lot better. Mm. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, sadly out of the FA Cup at the fifth round stage uh, but it's back to league action for them and uh, we are done with Sheffield Wednesday for now but as I forgot to mention at the start of the show uh, Connor it's your turn to get the beers in don't we wish we could get the beers in in a radio <laughs> studio uh, yeah the quiz the quiz question today is um, a fairly straightforward one actually I think you should probably get it uh, in the 18-19 season, I'm looking for the three lowest Premier League ground capacities, starting with the lowest, and you have to get them all right, because right. it's quite an easy question. Should just so. say, because obviously the last time Naz was here, we didn't have this feature. It's a, pretty much it's a pub quiz style football question. Okay. And uh, what Connor's revealed it now, what we're going to do is, you've got time to think about it throughout the show, and we'll give you the answer at the end of the show. Don't shout it out because that's, that's the mystique. We, that's the mystique. we save it till the end. <laughs> um, so that is the question that Connor is looking for, for all you that are, that are listening, back on, uh, on catch-up as well. Connor's looking for, in, the, uh, in last season, last season's Premier League, basically, the three lowest Premier League ground capacities, basically. Um, so, uh, and we're not looking for the capacity, we're just looking for the teams. Just for the teams. I mean, if you can get a rough capacity, that's fine. Um, but the um, teams, and you've got to get it in the right order from lowest to highest. Right, OK. So uh, so he'll give you the answer at the end of the show. But uh, that wraps up Sheffield Wednesday and the quiz question uh, for this week. Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. 
This is Shoe Football Forum. It's Football Forum here on Shoe Radio. So Wednesday's done, it's over to United now and it's back to Tuesday night because United headed to Berkshire to take on Championship side Reading. Now, uh, Wednesday had already played Reading uh, quite recently, in fact, you may remember, uh, and suffered a 3-0 thrashing at the hands of the Royals. So uh, let's see if United could uh, could finally get through to the quarterfinals for the first time in six years, we all remember the uh, the famous 2014 exploits uh, at the uh, at the Madstad was Adam Oxley and Andy Giddens. Luke Freeman will now stride away for Sheffield United down the left hand side. Comes to the near side for the left wing back for today, Ben Osborne, who crosses into the area. Excellent ball, David McGoldrick scores. You heard right, David McGoldrick has finally got on the score sheet this season. A wonderful crossing from the left side from Osborne. McGoldrick unmarked in the middle, one bouncing in, and Sheffield United have got the ideal start here as they look to try and get a place in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. It's running nil, Sheffield United won. As Elise drives a diagonal ball into the penalty area, a running player goes down, penalty. The Medeski Stadium erupts as John Egan protests. And Reading have the opportunity from 12 yards to get back on terms. So Reading have a penalty then in the FA Cup and it's taken and driven venomously into the bottom corner. Dean Henderson had no chance of saving that, even though he dived the right way. And it's all square in this FA Cup fifth round tie. Reading won, Sheffield United won. After 90 minutes, Reading and Sheffield United cannot be separated. Extra time is under away, McBurney's trying to tee somebody up rather than shoot, here's Freeman now to the byline, up it goes, chance and Sheffield United have scored in first half at a time it's the captain Billy Sharp who proves to be Sheffield United's hero a powerful unmarked header into the Reading net and as things stand Sheffield United are heading through to the FA Cup quarter-finals Reading 1, Blades 2 it's cleared away again this time as the referee calls full time Sheffield United have made it through so, uh, a great uh, evening there for Sheffield United. Connor, give us the details. Yes, United reached the quarter-final of the FA Cup for the first time since 2014, and they didn't do it in easy circumstances. It was a, t- a tough trip to Reading, but the Blades did get off to a good start after just two minutes. David McGoldrick scoring his first goal of the season after a wonderful cross-in from Ben Osborne. The Royals found themselves level uh, in the second half when George Puskas scored... Sorry, in the first half. I, I should correct myself there when George Puskas scored a penalty after a push from George Baldock inside the area. Uh, it finished 1-1, the game went to extra time, and on the stroke of half-time of extra time, Billy Sharp scored a header, and United are safely through into the quarter-final where they'll face Arsenal at Bramall Lane, and here's how Chris Wilder reacted. Yeah, got the job done, fantastic for Didsy to, to get off the mark. Um, obviously, he's been threatening that for, for, for quite a while. Always going to be tough here. We never underprepared. We we knew that they'd raise their game individually and collectively. I thought the Reading crowd were, were were great as well. We came down to we've watched them the last two weeks. It's the the fifth round of the FA Cup. It was never going to be easy, um, but we got the job done. We found a way to win the game of football, and uh, I'm delighted with the, with with that. And we uh, uh, find ourselves, as I said, position in the Premier League and in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. So. Um, all to play for and as, as everybody always says you know um, performance we'd 
you know, was was okay. Uh, result was great, and um, and I'll take that in, in in cup competitions. So, Joseph, you watched the game on Facebook, I believe. Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? Well, um, just coming back to the Facebook point of view, uh, I thought that the stream that they put out was absolute garbage because even though it's giving us that it's not on telly, it's giving us a chance to watch. Um, it was two minutes behind the Radio Sheffield commentary, so uh, well, you can I, turn that off if you need, if uh, you want. I, I listened to Radio Sheffield, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I gave up on watching it after after the first goal. But never mind. Um, yeah, fantastic performance. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't too impressed from what I heard and what I've seen of the highlights. That obviously it wasn't it wasn't the the Premier League side that we know. Fleck Norwood was given a bit of a rest, a uh, couple of enforced injuries as well. But I was. I was impressed. Obviously, it's great to see McGoldrick getting his first goal of the season at uh, at the twenty odd, thirty odd attempt of asking. But give him his due. Great header, and then obviously Mr. Sharp, as usual, getting on the score sheet when we need it most. Um, and yeah, it's fantastic. Obviously, quarter final now we can look forward to. But obviously, it's one of those performances, a gritty performance that Wilder would love love to have seen. So uh, it's a, a good performance overall. Yeah. So it's McGoldrick's first goal in 1,344 minutes Do of football. Do not give that nickname that I've seen. I, I won't, I won't. Don't worry, I'll be professional and impartial on air. <laughs> um, but how important is that going to be for his confidence? And can you see him now going on a goal run now he's broken that duck? Because he's, he's putting some decent performances, hasn't he? He's it's just been that goal that's been lacking. He's putting some very decent performances. It, it has been that goal that's lacking and. Obviously, he's got that first one now. It is only in the FA Cup, but at the end of the day, it's a goal nonetheless. And, well, Billy Sharp's come out and said that he expects McGoldrick to go on a bit of a run now. His confidence is up. Um, I'm not too sure, because obviously McGoldrick, he gets quite a few minutes in in the Premier League. But it just depends. I mean, obviously, we'll come to Norwich later on uh, in the show. That one at the weekend, that's a good chance for him to get another, another goal. I don't know. I mean, his confidence is up, but... He just needs to keep doing what he's doing, plugging away, and hopefully uh, the goals will continue to come on him. And Naz, it's a quarter-final tie for United at home against Arsenal. Do you see them going further in this competition and maybe even winning it? I think Chris Wilder will be very pleased that it is a home tie. Of that draw, I don't think it's as easy as many Blades fans will think it is because Arsenal have improved under Mikel Arteta. He's slowly but surely... Uh, getting his sort of stamp on what he wants and how he wants them to play. Uh, a few of the youngsters have been playing in the FA Cup and Ketcher's been getting a game. You know, we, we've. I think it's going to be tougher than Blades fans might think. If it was Arsenal from maybe four or five months ago, then yes, uh, they will get through. But I don't think it's going to be as plain sailing. Expect potentially, for me, extra time and... Uh, penalties in that one I do think it's a tricky cup tie I think Arsenal will because Arsenal if they can't and, and they're still fighting for top four if they can't get the top four you know for Arteta and his reign if he was to win the FA Cup there you go he's, he's a legend already because you know they're craving trophies these, t- these teams and these managers need a trophy they need something he either needs to get Arsenal into the top four or he needs this FA Cup so I think they will go at full tilt at this time Joseph, do you agree with that? Well, up until Naz has just said that, I was uh, I was in the uh, I was part of these Blades fans that was quietly confident that we can beat them. But obviously, with my level head on, I'm not completely sure because obviously 
United, we beat Arsenal at the lane already. We were talking off air when it might be. It could be a Monday night. Um, and Monday nights, United-Arsenal usually go in our favour. Well, on the one occasion. Um, but I, I, I'm still quietly confident. I don't think it'll be as easy as uh, some United fans are thinking. But I think, once again, it will be a 1-0. And we have seen United against the big sides, the big the. The big sides, as uh, as everyone knows, your Arsenal's, your Chelsea's, and what have you. United put in a good performance, and United aren't a walkover. So potential extra time, but I can see United definitely having a good go. I think it's definitely going to be a tight game, isn't it? And it should be a, a very exciting one for the neutral. United have, have really gone above and beyond what everybody expected this season and might even go into that game as slight favourites. Uh, just moving on now, there's no local roundup as such because we had a show on Monday and we talked about the weekend's games there. We just had the one game in midweek. It was Chesterfield in an absolutely thrilling seven-goal match against Harrogate Town, uh, but they lost by four goals to three. Chesterfield's goals coming from Tom Denton, Liam Mandeville and Scott Bowden. This is Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Shoe Football Forum. It's Football Forum, it's half past one. Thanks for joining us on this Friday afternoon. So, uh, it's United on Wednesday done. And we're into the top stories now because obviously we've done United on Wednesday's fifth round action from the FA Cup. So we've got to do the rest of it because it was uh, a midweek programme uh, for the first time in the FA Cup's history. And uh, we're going to start last night. Uh, the final tie to be decided. Um, it wasn't a good return for Wayne Rooney playing his former club of Man United Derby thumped 3-0 by Man United Man United into the quarterfinals but I suppose we did expect Man United to win this yeah it was a, a comfortable enough evening for Man United I think after a difficult sort of first 15 or so minutes when Derby really had the, the better earlier chances uh, young Sibley was looking very bright um, Wayne Rooney had a free kick saved by Romero uh, early on in the game and right at the death as well. So that could have gone very differently if uh, Rooney had scored against his former club. Who knows how that might have panned out. But but after that, Man United really took control of the game. Um, good for Odion Igalo to, to get off the mark, mm-hmm. getting two goals. That'll do him the world of good. Um, the first one was very lucky. The second one, a very good finish, to be fair and a, a great first goal as well from Luke Shaw, hitting it down into the turf. And sometimes <laughs> sometimes the cleanest strikes aren't always the best ones. That's a lovely goal. And, and to be fair, Luke Shaw had a very good game. But yeah, Man United eased through really 26 shots to Derby's 13 and having 62% of the ball. It was quite a, quite a comfortable evening for them. And, uh, you know, Agarlo's had a lot of doubters and con- will continue to have a lot of doubters because he's a very surprising signing. Mm. But... Um, you know, he's thrown his hat into the ring to try and start against uh, Manchester City at the weekend. Indeed. Uh, moving back to, uh, to was it Wednesday night? I think it was Wednesday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and Spurs, well, as I said, Jose is paying the penalty because it was a cruel twist of fate. Tim Cruel, no less. He'd, uh, he'd wrote all the, uh, the penalty saving possibilities uh, on his water bottle. And uh, it proved it paid dividends because Norwich uh, knocked out Spurs on penalties. Naz, a bit of a surprise, but uh, nice to see Norwich getting into the quarterfinals. 
You know, I, I like Daniel Fark. I've spoke to him many, many times when they're in the championship and I had the pleasure of speaking to him after one of their games this season. Uh, they are they are what they are, Norwich. Norwich have not um, changed their philosophy. A bit like Sheffield United when they when they got promoted. Not changed at all. I think it was a valiant effort. And I think Norwich, although they are bottom of the Premier League, play a lot better than their league position would suggest. Yeah. And um, I'm surprised. I, I thought uh, Spurs would do it. And I think Spurs had enough chances in normal time and in extra time to do it. But you feel so I feel I do feel sorry for Jose because they've he he's he's gone in there. They've had a little bit of an upturn. He's you know they are very much challenging for the for the top four. But then you lose Son and Kane and uh, other players that are you know vital to f- for Spurs. So well done Norwich, yeah. And uh, I do like the fact that he had the the, the penalty uh, bits written on his water bottle. That is that is very <laughs> very ingenious. And um, he he showed it. Um, I think it was a, a World Cup or a um, or a Euros, wasn't it? When uh, one of the Dutch manager actually yeah, swapped the goal. Louis yeah. Van Gaal in the Louis Van Gaal changed, yeah. changed uh, brought him on for the penalty shootout, mm. and, and they won. They beat Costa Rica. Yeah. That was yeah. one of the one of the well most surprising things you've seen a manager do really, but it, it paid dividends and and it paid dividends for Norwich. He made a, some good saves and a, a, what was a very questionable penalty from Gedson Fernandez at the <laughs> end as well. But yeah, Norwich. Like you're saying, as they play some, they play some decent football. They're always going to be fairly vulnerable at the back um, because of the way they play. They're quite open. They don't necessarily have the quality that other teams do. They didn't go out and spend a lot of money. Uh, but fair play to them. They will go down this season, I think. But um, equally, I think they could easily come back up. Yeah, because, because the they're well, not they're, gonna, yeah. the squad will change. There's, you know, there's, there's a couple of players there that I think will potentially go Pookie you can wells and bendier yeah. and aarons and maybe but they have this sort of the um the director of football or the the, the operations yeah, guy there Stuart Webber very yeah. very very experienced guy was at Huddersfield he knows exactly what to do and they have a habit of finding gems that other teams seem to miss from you know across Europe and uh, across the world and Pook is a, a fine example of that. I think he was he signed on a free, wasn't he? And I don't think any other championship club was in the running for him. And then he goes and finishes as the top scorer in the league um, and, and takes them, surprisingly, because nobody expected them to go up last season, surprisingly takes them up to the Premier League. Um, in terms of them next season, if they do come down, I think they will go straight back up because they'll stick with Daniel Farker. They won't be in a financial mess that as someone like Stoke mm. has have been. Um They'll stick to their principles. They'll do a bit like what Burnley did, who stuck with Sean Dyche when they went down, and I'd expect them to be um, challenging to come back up because I don't think the championship's really at its strongest at the minute either. So uh, a lot of hope for them to take into next season if they do go down. Indeed. Uh, should just touch on the rest of the action. Uh, start on Monday. Portsmouth nil, Arsenal 2. Arsenal's youngsters uh, getting through. Uh, West Brom producing a late comeback, but it wasn't enough uh, to see off Newcastle United. 3-2 victors uh, for the Magpies there. Uh, Wednesday night, Leicester 1, Birmingham 0. Uh, clash of the Midlands and uh, Leicester, obviously the Premier League side, going through there. So the quarter-final draw was made after the Wednesday game. 
Um, and United, as Connor said earlier on, have got Arsenal at the lane, which is uh, very tasty. Uh, Newcastle United have got Man City. Uh, Norwich are hosting Man United. And Leicester are facing Chelsea because this is it's very strange when uh, out of three games we're covering, the last one we're coming to is Liverpool because Chelsea beat Liverpool 2-0. It's, it's very strange that Liverpool can do so well over such a long period and then within the space of a few games, they've lost, the, uh, their opponents are keeping clean sheets and, uh, I mean, for that first goal, we uh, we talked about goalkeeping howlers uh, various and what have you, but that first one from Adrian was... Uh, it was a bit of a howler, should we say? It was. It, it, to be fair, it was a howler from right from Gomez's pass to Fabinho, just being a little bit off, and Fabinho gets it with his uh, facing his own goal on the edge of his box. I don't think Liverpool are used to getting pressed high either because teams are so worried about the threat in behind, so mm. they sit off them. Um, not many teams are really brave enough to go and press Liverpool high up. That's exactly what Chelsea did, though. Maybe they sniffed the chance of victory because Liverpool have have made changes for that game and there's all the talk about Liverpool not taking it seriously. Uh, Fabinho gives it away um, and then Willian has the shot from the edge of the box. It's powerful enough, but Adrian definitely should keep it out. It's poor goalkeeping, but a very good performance from Chelsea. Mm. Uh, They were the better side, I think, and Liverpool did have chances, but it shows that, like Watford, if you you go Mm. and take the game to them, they are not unbeatable. Uh, And yeah, Chelsea another team that will fancy their chances of winning and if, if Frank Lampard can get a trophy in his first season what a success that would be because everybody expected it to be a transition season where Chelsea will finish 7th and 8th but at the minute although they've not been on a fantastic run they, they sit in 4th place they're in the quarter final they've got a game against Leicester who will it'll be a, a tough one but they're not on a very good run themselves so um, a very good chance of getting to Wembley and, and potentially winning the FA Cup for them. Indeed. Uh, so we're going to turn our attention now from uh, from domestic football. We turn our we're going to focus a bit on international football because uh, we haven't covered this since uh, the very last show of uh, of last series. But now we can uh, we can bring a sting back that's only going to appear once um, this series. Yeah, the Nations League. Remember that. Uh, it's been drawn again because obviously there was no, there's been no Nations League this season, primarily because it's been Euro's 2020 qualification. But it's back and it's been drawn for next season, which is starts in September. Um, and well, obviously, the, how it works is you get it's pretty much for all the nations. It's it's sort of like a league format. Well, the Nations League, um, but international sides rather than being paired with random nations which might be a bit unfair it's paired with nations that are of similar quality so uh, for example league a is where you want to be and england uh, as one of the favorite seeds have been drawn in group two of league a with belgium denmark and iceland now uh, now naz we know that iceland have sprung a few surprises on england uh, in the past we'll not mention 2016 uh, belgium once again but overall it's not too bad of a group for England. I think you'll see uh, uh, he'll be quite happy Gareth Southgate with that group. Uh, I don't think it, it could have been a lot worse. Um, I think they've got every chance of, of winning that group. I think Belgium are now, they are the number one side in the world, but those players are getting a little bit older. Maybe, you know, teams are sort of sussing sussing them out Iceland are always going to be tricky Denmark could be very very uh, could be the trickiest of those three games you know I think um, 
people will underestimate uh, Denmark because they're sort of emerging again after a, a mm. few years in the doldrums. So uh, of all of them, you know, it's the, 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 the least sort of fancied nations that surprise you. I mean, in Euro qualifying, remember how good Kosovo, Kosovo were against uh, England in two games. So I think of them, I think Denmark will be the surprise package, but I think England will finish top of Group 2. Or A2, I should say. A2. We should hope so, uh, Connor. You must be pleased with it. Um, yeah, I'm, um, I think it's it's definitely winnable. Um, I would say that Belgium would be the toughest task. I know some of their players are getting a little bit older now, uh, but I don't think they're going to be of the age where they're regressing too much. I think they're still going to be a really, really tough team in the Euros and in the Nations League. Uh, Roberto Martinez has seemed to have done a good job of you know, because Belgium in previous years, they were always this team that had great individuals that never really gelled as a team. But Roberto Martinez seems to have brought them together. Uh, they played some great football in the in the World Cup. They got to the semi-finals. They beat, obviously finished third because they beat us in the in the third place playoff, and they beat us in the group. So uh, we've not, although both of those games really we didn't want to win, did we? Didn't exactly. want didn't want to win yeah. that first one. I mean, the, and then we made a lot of changes for the third place playoff, but. With the quality they've got in their team, it's going to be difficult. Having said that, um, two one-off games against them. If we if we can get one win against them in one of them and maybe draw the other, then we've got the advantage as long as we don't slip up against Denmark and Iceland. And I take your point as well. Denmark won't be an easy game. They've got some quality, especially the likes of uh, Christian Eriksen, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to see what they're all about at the end of March when we play them in yeah. a friendly. So... Um, yeah, no, no easy game at all. And the Iceland one, they're not quite the side they were in, in 2016, but I'm sure we'll be um, a bit nervous about that one. We shall indeed. Uh, just the other headlines for you from the draw. Uh, in terms of Scotland, they're in League B this time, uh, as it's been restructured. They're facing Czech Republic. Uh, that is Slovenia, isn't it? I could be wrong. And Israel. And Israel, so it's Slovenia, Israel, and Czech Republic in League B Group Two. Uh, Wales have got the Republic of Ireland in Group Four of League B with Finland and oh, that is Bulgaria. I need, I'm testing, being tested on my flags here. And Northern Ireland are in League B Group One because they've got uh, Romania, Norway, and Austria. Uh, in terms of League A, well, there's some tasty fixtures in the likes of Holland and Italy uh, and Poland all being paired together. Uh, Portugal and France uh, in Group 3. And then you've got Spain and Germany coming up against each other in Group 4. But that is the Nations League. And we, if we have a third series, we'll touch on that then. Uh, but we can park that now for, for a while uh, because we have more top stories. And uh, we've got the main reason... Uh, that special guest Naz Premji has returned to join us and we'll explain more in just a second. Joseph, Josh and Connor, this is Football Forum only on Shoe Radio. You're listening to Football Forum here on Shoe Radio. It's great to have you with us on this Friday afternoon. So we continue with the top stories because, well... You may remember, if you were listening, back when Naz joined us at the end of September, um, the Carabao Cup uh, was ongoing. It was the second round. United had just lost to uh, to Sunderland. Uh, I can't remember what happened with Wednesday. We lost to Everton. You lost to Everton. Yeah. So it was a, a bit of a dismal day, uh, dismal show for us. Um, but there was quite a few changes at that point, because that was where the Premier League teams entered, and uh, they all put out rather worryingly bad sides. Um 
but and we we're going to have this debate with Naz, but we never got chance. Um, so we are going to do it now because uh, he's come back for us. And obviously, when we are going to have special guests that have been on before from now on, we're going to debate and chat about a particular topic or issue with them. Uh, so that's what uh, we're going to do with Naz. We're going to have this Carabao Cup debate. And it all stemmed really from uh, ESPN at uh, Dale Johnson because basically there was no championship team left in the Carabao Cup at the fourth round stage uh, for the first time in its history. Um, and it showed no real interest in competing. So how long can the competition survive? Because if you think about it, most of the Premier League isn't really bothered about it either. And from next season, uh, the winners don't go into the Europa League. It will be the UEFA Europa Conference League. So this is this new competition. Um and you have to consider, well, especially because of the prize money. Think about this. The League Cup winners, Man City, they got £100,000 from it. Villa got fifty grand for coming second. Now, one hundred grand for winning it is less than, than a side gets for winning their third round tie in the FA Cup. And when you think about it, one hundred grand for winning the League Cup, the FA Cup winners get £3.6 million. And... It's absolutely staggering. So let's have this conversation. The Carabao Cup, where do we see its future? Naz, we'll start with you. It should have a a bright future because teams need to wake up and think about why we are all involved in this game and why we are sat around this studio having the debate that we are having it's all about winning a competition. Mm. Uh, we, I say we, Sheffield Wednesday, won the then Rumbelows Cup in 1991. Mm. I was there. It was the most amazing day ever. John Sheridan hitting that ball. Uh, Manchester United getting beaten at Wembley. Premier League sides and championship sides and every, actually everybody that's in the Carabao Cup, apart from the top six in the Premier League, Right, so mm. ninety-two minus six. The rest of the the teams in this competition should be taking it one hundred percent seriously. Mm. Uh, and I included when I, uh, you know, I know Chris Wilder made a load of changes, and I was critical of him there. Now, very rarely critical of him, even though, mm. uh, uh, you know, uh, he's done exceptionally well. But I think that's a mistake because the, there is. A thing about uh, winning a competition. You ask any Wigan fan, mm. yeah, who are in the championship right now, what's their biggest highlight? Winning the FA Cup. Mm. Winning the FA Cup. Did, did you not bother about getting relegated? No, I'm not bothered. We, they were, we went down to League One. Mm. Let's be honest. Wigan won the FA Cup, got relegated. I think successive relegations. That, yeah. You know, winning a competition is the greatest thing. And I don't care if, if the... Um, the winners go into the Europa League or this in the new sort of Europa Conference League with the uh, with the teams from or the sort of lesser European uh, lights. Mm-hmm. It's a place in Europe. Mm. You should be going for it. It's a, a competition to be won. I don't understand this negativity around it. I see in uh, Dale's article that France have uh, ditched their sort of uh, third competition. If if Premier League sides don't want to take it seriously. Well, then stick to the name. Make it the Football League Cup and still have the Conference League place in it. You know, mm. make it just the 72. If Premier League teams are, are that 
not that bothered about it, then kick them out. Mm. I, you know, I, I've got no problem with the Football League Cup being the Football League Cup, mm. as opposed to having you know some Premier League sides that will play their under 23s and the others that will play the players that nobody you know I mean mm. I think did did he play did Chris Wilder play Ravel Morrison in one of those games he did yeah yeah, yeah. do you really? think taking do you, do you think taking the Premier League teams out though would make it seem less of an achievement for those championships actually winning the cup because they've not got the top dogs to try and compete with at the end of the day a competition's there to be won, whether it's the EFL Trophy or the Carabao Cup. And if the teams that are are not that bothered about it, if you want to take the Premier League teams out, take them out. But I don't see... I would suggest to you, as I said, top six teams aside, every other team, Bournemouth, Burnley, Stoke, whoever they are, which, whatever league they're in, you should be going full tilt mm. at winning this competition. It's, the, it's probably the easiest competition to win. Mm. And the prime example is... Look who's won it the last three seasons. Mm. Yeah? Pep Guardiola is one of the greatest managers on the planet. He takes it seriously. Mm. Jose Mourinho at Manchester United won three competitions. The Carabao Cup, the Europa League and the Community Shield, if you want to call that a uh, uh, a trophy. Mm. He took it seriously. Mm. Had Spurs been in it, this time, before he arrived, he'd have taken it seriously. Exactly. Okay. Um, I, I think there's, there's, it's it's really disrespectful of, of, of teams not taking it seriously. I think every, top six teams aside, and if you want to do, if 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 you want to keep some of the Premier League sides, well, then tell the top six of the teams that are in the Champions League and Europa League next season. All right, you don't enter, mm. but the rest of the Premier League will still be in it. Just, just have the teams that want to win it mm. play in it. It is a, it's a historic competition. Many great teams have won it, and the fact that Pep Guardiola was celebrating from the rooftops after beating Aston Villa, mm. it meant something to him. Exactly. And Manchester City. So, I, I don't. I really don't get the debate. I, I about, do. I do agree with you in the sense that. You know, winning a competition is is the is the pinnacle of football, yeah. isn't it? And it is what we're all here for. But do you not think it should be down to the authorities as well? As Joseph said earlier, the prize money involved is so minimal. And I know it's not. You know, we don't want to, We don't want to say it's all about money and everything. But the fact is that you Sheffield United, for an example, they didn't know they were safe at that point in the season, or even in mid table. The, the the difference in prize money you get between each individual Premier League place is actually so big compared to what you get for winning the League Cup. Do we not think that we should increase the amount of money that you get for winning both the FA Cup and the League Cup because of the money that's involved in the Premier League and other competitions? And that is where the FA and the EFL have to come together and say, do you know what? Let's balance it out. Exactly. Let's make it uh, a balance rather than Premier League and the FA getting a whole maybe 80-90% of the cash and then the, the, the Football League and the 72 that are left being left with whatever they're left with. This is the reason. I mean, this this debate goes on to the other debate that champ, top championship clubs are having in terms of, well, actually, we're the, we're the big dogs in this league and we're getting you know not enough share of the, the broadcast money. Mm. And that's why you've got the, you know, the, the chairman of Derby and Leeds and various other P, uh, teams in, the, in the, the championship saying maybe we need to start negotiating our own TV rights because mm. you know, we, we're not getting a fair share here. Mm. 
it's interesting, but I can't, uh, you know, uh, I've got a lot of time with what Dale's written in this article, and I agree with him in terms of the prize money, but to scrap it, no, uh, never. I, They've made changes yeah. to it. Remember, there's no, there's no extra time now. You go straight no. to penalties. Exactly. Right? They've made it easier to win. Mm. It's easier to win the Carabao Cup than it is to win the FA Cup. Yeah. But is it easy when Pep Guardiola takes it as seriously as he does for anybody else to but win then, it? But then that's the, that's the challenge, isn't it? Mm. That's the challenge, lads. And, uh, you know, there will be, you know, Wigan beat uh, Manchester City in the FA Cup. We put in a very good performance against them and went down by one goal. Mm. It will happen. Manchester yeah. City don't have to win it every year. But the, the fact that they have for the last three shows, in a row yeah. shows mm. how serious they take it. Mm. And nobody else does. And... and can I just sorry? Can I Go just yeah. make a point as well that even even if it did stay in its current format, I still think there's value in even Liverpool who don't take it seriously and who made a lot of changes. There's still value in those players getting first team experience. Hmm. You think back to that Arsenal game and uh, you had Curtis Jones, um, is it Neko Williams, a left back, Kelleher in goal, all these guys starting at a game at Anfield in front of about forty odd thousand fans which is an experience if the competition was scrapped, they probably wouldn't get it exactly in, in any other competition because they wouldn't play that sort of team in the Champions League. They might do it in the FA Cup, but they tend to take the FA Cup a bit more seriously. So I think there's value as well in having these players play their young teams in these games because they can develop these footballers for the future. Exactly. Now... The funny thing is, is we've been talking about, obviously, Man City's won it for the past three years. But if you think, who actually finished second in the Carabao Cup? A team that's been languishing around the relegation zone of the Premier League all season, Aston Villa. So for them, this, is, this was a huge opportunity for them to, to win something. So I'm in, I'm in the agreement with Naz here. I think the fact that there's people considering that the Carabao Cup should be scrapped is horrendous. Now I know this brings on to what you were saying, Connor, about the the under twenty three players getting a run out. Fantastic experience for them. But this is what we ha this is the issue that we've got in the EFL trophy and obviously this debate sort of leads into about five or six other ones, <laughs> like T V rights or what have you. And the EFL trophy is one we are gonna have at the later on in the series, but I think all they need to do is if they're going to keep they need to keep the Carabao Cup, but what they need to do is they need to invest in it more. The, pro- the problem is you've got... It is very difficult to play... Well, for example, as a championship club, playing 46 games a season, which are a lot of them are midweek. Then you've got Carabao Cup, which is all midweek. And you've got FA Cup, which could go to replays, which are midweek. Do you know what I mean? So I can understand the problem you've got is multiple cup competitions, mul- mul- multiple competitions in general, over... Uh, fixture congestion so I can understand it it is a very interesting one and it's one that uh, that I'm sure will go on for for many many uh, a show obviously we are we're not going to cover it unless anything massive changes on in the terms of the the structure of the competition um but yeah it's uh, so I'm glad that Naz has managed to, uh, to you know I'll it. give you one final thought go on. okay if you want to change the format or when it's played mm. okay in Scotland, mm. they play that this particular competition just before the season starts. Exactly. Play it in July if you want. Come back a little bit earlier and do the early rounds 
uh, and that gives you your pre-season friendly sort of exactly. scenario. So you, you're going to have pre-season friendlies against. Just play it in play it in July exactly. and start it in July and end it a little bit earlier. The, the final was uh, what February. Yeah, you know, if if the final's done by December, yeah, then what's the problem? Exactly, because the FA Cups obviously it mainly starts with the third round in first week of January. Yeah. So pretty much ideally. A cup competition in the first half of the season before Christmas. A cup competition in the second half. Who's to blame for that? But there we are. Uh, so that is the big discussion and uh, the debate that we'll uh, ramble on. But, uh, yeah, just so going forward, any guests that come back on the show uh, for the rest of the series and into a third series, if there is one, uh, we will be discussing uh, a big topic with them uh, that's close to their heart. So uh, huge thank you to uh, to Naz for, uh, for giving us that topic and... Uh, having a chat to us about it and uh, obviously he will be with us for the rest of the show but we turn our attention now uh, to the previews because it's back to the league action and all that comes next Joseph, Josh and Connor this is Football Forum only on Shoe Radio Football Forum here on Chew Radio. So we're moving into the previews now for the weekend's action. And um, let's start with Wednesday. Seeing as though I'm uh, I'm surrounded by Sheffield Wednesday fans this week. Um, it's Brentford. It's the final ever trip to Griffin Park ahead of their uh, their new stadium next uh, next season. And uh, well, after the the valiant effort in midweek. Let's hope that it isn't a return to league action and a return to shipping 500 goals in the space of 20 minutes. I certainly hope not. Um, it's it's a very difficult one for us. Uh, when you're up against the BMW, as they're called, oh, Ben, <laughs> ben Rama and Buemo and Watkins, uh, you know, I'm just to... to uh, to plug an article that I've written for Last Word on Football, which is previewing this game. Hold on. Um, what? <laughs> do we do plugs on this show? Well, we do if it's one of us that's done something, yeah. As and long as you plug football for them on that, fair enough. Well, I can't, but anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so Brentford's top three scorers are Ollie Watkins with 22, Brian Embuemo with 13, and Saeed Benrahma with 10. Compare that to Wednesday, we've got Stephen Fletcher, who's got 13, Jacob Murphy, who's got 5, and there's three players tied on three goals. So oh. it's a very dangerous Brentford side that we're coming up against. Um, but it's not a Brentford side who are in good form. They've drawn four and lost one of their last five games. So certainly up until I think it was about January time when they made a, a real surge towards the top two, um, they were very close to overtaking Leeds. Um, but they've since gone on that run where they've drawn four and lost one. And and now they are 11 points off the top two. Mm. Uh, they're still fifth in the league, so they are still having a good season. Um, but anyway, I should really listen to what Gary Monk's had to say because you're yes. pointing at me. Sorry, I forgot about <laughs> that. Well, let's listen to Gary Monk first. Potentially, though, for Wednesday, quite the scalp. So a positive result down there. Yeah. It just sets things up and raises confidence for Yeah, big game now. We've got games against um, all of the teams above us. Um, so they're huge games, big ones. Um, all, every single one of them is difficult, but if we can raise our game, yeah, like you said, they're their scalps and, and possible statements you can make, and um, that should be the, all the motivation you need going onto a football pitch. So, Gary Monk there talking ahead of the uh, the Brentford game uh, tomorrow. Naz, as we say, it's uh, it's been a bit of an issue, the defensive record, but um, 
well, as Connor says, it's going forward where you need to need to be improving realistically. It's both, really, just yes. to just point out. <laughs> no, it is. It, it, it's both. But this is a good game, you know. And Brentford, they've just just fallen off uh, the edge a little bit in terms of their form. I remember seeing them at, uh, at Huddersfield, and they weren't very clever that day. And uh, BMW, in fact, you know, the other thing as well, the BMW strike force, everybody gets the M striker wrong. His name is not Mbwemo, and this is cut just from the, the horse's mouth. <laughs> it's Brian Mbumo. Mbumo. Ah, Mbumo. From him, himself. Ah, And right. the Brentford. Oh, and the Brentford. Yeah, so, uh, so every time I hear that, it winds me up. I'm very, you know, and pronounce the guy's name properly. But, no, they're very good. Ben Rama, by the way, if... If he's still at Brentford next season, Ben Rama, I will be very, very surprised. And Ollie Watkins is another one. Mbumo is the one that maybe may stay because of the three, I think he's not as good. Um, it's going to be tricky. It's always tricky. Atmosphere is great. It's a tight little ground, but I think this is this is the kind of game that. Off the back of uh, the, the performance against uh, Manchester City, this is the kind of game that Gary Monk will probably uh, say, "You know what, lads, just go and do exactly what you did. Uh, we'll have a little bit, we'll have a little bit more of the ball, uh, but let's keep it tight. But and make sure that in those offensive areas we are um, we're, we're a little bit more clever. I can see, in terms of the starting lineup for for Wednesday." I can see Wickham, Windass, and Forestieri all starting. Mm. Not not so defensive though. That is it. I it's guess. not. Def- <laughs> it's not. But I don't think you need to play. You don't need to play three at the back against um, against Brentford. I think um, if Julian Burner's fit, I think the back four picks itself. It's going to be Palmer, Burner, Iorfa, and Fox as a four. Mm. Uh, in terms of the middle of the park, that's where it gets a little bit tricky because there's no Kieran Lee. So what does he do? If Luongo is anywhere near fit, he's got to start. But do you risk him? Probably not. So I'm going to put my neck on the line and here and I say... I think I know what you're going to say and I'm going to agree with you. He's going to go with Harris, Hunt, Bannon and Murphy. Yep. I'd... Oh, sorry, no. Harris, Bannon, Hunt and Forestieri with Windass behind Wickham. Oof. So a four-four-one one is what yeah. you're expecting. I was just going to make the case for Alex Hunt to play because he came off the bench against Man City. The crossing, by the way, for, yeah, for Stephen Fletcher, great. that is that for me was phenomenal. And yeah, he's come on against Manchester City, exactly, and he did not look out of place, exactly, and he put some some decent tackles in. Um, and the man who he should replace is Joey Pelopesi, who for me oh, doesn't me. offer anything to this Wednesday team. I'll just get you some stats up from the Man City game. He had 13 touches of the ball in 90 minutes. Alex Hunt came on for half an hour. He had 12 touches. Joey Pelopesi also only attempted one tackle, yet he made no interceptions and he completed seven passes. Now, I know it's tough against Man City, but as a defensive midfielder, to make no interception and only attempt one tackle, I think it shows, and I forgot he was playing, to be honest, it shows what little impact he's had on that game. And it's not just that game. It's previous games as well where I don't really know what he brings to this Wednesday team uh, Alex Hunt on the other hand he's looked good he, he looked good against Man City when he came on like I say put some good tackles in and a good ball for Fletcher uh, he looked bright against QPR as well I'm not sure if you saw that yeah. little cameo he did okay there 
Um, I think he might have played against Sunderland last season in the Cup. I think he might have come on then when Jos Lukai obviously looked to use a lot more young players. I think he had a decent little cameo then. So, you know, 19 years old, this squad is desperately needs more youthfulness about it. Because well, it needs energy. Energy and youth mm. because we've we've given the, the smallest amount of minutes to players under the age of 23 in the entire football league. Uh, I think Monk's made a few steps to try and change that. Origidi, for example, but he's put into some pretty... Uh, he's looked out of place in a few games after an initial promising start. So I think Alex Hunt is worth giving a go because other people in midfield haven't really been performing and let's try and develop these plays for the future. Indeed. Um, right, so that is Wednesday done. We're going to get on to the score predictions now for it. Now, obviously, you have to do a score prediction for that article, don't you? Yes, I do. So are you changing from what it no. says in there? Go no, on, what are you going I, for then? 2-1 to Brentford. You're going 2-1 to Brentford. Um, make sure I note that one down. So 2-1 to Brentford for yourself. Naz, what are you going for? Brentford 2 Sheffield Wednesday 4. What? Wow. Wow. Where's that come from? <laughs> I think I think there'll be goals and I think both defenses are um, not very good at the moment. I think Wednesday's, you know, if 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 we do go with a, a little bit of pace and Hunt's playing and Forestieri and Wickham and Winness, I think, yeah, I think we could go there and get some goals. I hope you're right. <laughs> we'll have some party if that happens. Last ever visit to my favourite away ground as well. Four pubs in each corner. Yeah, exactly. The Griffin, fantastic. Um, house. So it's fifth for Brentford against 12th for Wednesday. We've got a 2-1. We've got a, a 2-4. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say a 1-1. Uh, primarily because um, I think you'll hold Brentford. Brentford have they've drew four out of the last five and they've lost the other one. So I can't see Brentford winning, but I can't see you winning either. Uh, so I'm going to go for a one-one. And um, have we got any odds on that? Yes. Yeah, so so Brentford are seven to four on the draw is twenty-nine to ten, and Wednesday five to one. So Naz, if you're a betting man. And you want to back up your prediction? You can earn some money from that. Uh, well, yes, in my uh, in my other uh, role, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I should say you're back to uh, back to actual uh, fractions now and not decimals this week. Well, it's just because it's on the app. And Fair enough. There, anyway, uh, so that's Wednesday. Let's move over to United now, and uh, this is strange because there's no Chapman. So uh, I'll give my thoughts. United are taking on Norwich at home in the Premier League now. I'm not sure about this one because, well, I say I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a win. I'm I'm pretty confident. Obviously, it's back to a full-strength squad now for, for United and Stevens and Fleck and Norwood. We're missing on, uh, missing on uh, Tuesday night. They're back uh, for Saturday and it's just back to business as usual. Just keep going, getting those three points. And uh, even though Norwich have been playing pretty decently, uh, United should be aiming for those three points and... Obviously, because I think we're playing before any of the other big teams, it's potential we could be fifth at five o'clock. So uh, that's tempting. Let's hear what uh, let's hear what God has to say ahead of that. Impartial one. as ever. Impartial as ever. Here's uh, Chris Wilder. Are we hearing from Gary Monk again? Hey, <laughs> is that right? Here's Chris Wilder. Dangerous game for us, and and, and dangerous game uh, in terms of the quality and and the, the drive that they will have. Everybody wants to be in the Premier League. 
Everybody wants to do well in the Premier League. Players, managers, supporters, everybody wants to stop in the Premier League. They will be doing absolutely everything in their powers to get results, to make sure they retain Premier League status. And without stating the obvious, there's, there's what, 30 points to play for and, um, and they can take points off anybody. Now, on paper, this seems like a straightforward Sheffield United win. Uh, eighth place against bottom. Uh, United, obviously, with that game in hand, if they were to win that, they'd be fifth. Uh, but Joseph Norwich went to Spurs and put in a very good performance, drew the game and won on penalties. Has mm-hmm. that sort of changed your thoughts around this game? Well, I mean, with Norwich, as you said earlier on, it's a case of Norwich, You think we think they're going to probably go down, so there's no real pressure on them. So they can just go out, have a go, and if they lose, they lose. Do you know what I mean? So they're going to do the same on Saturday. Now, whether I think they're going to get anything from it is a different matter because Norwich have looked good and they played okay when we went down to Carrow Road earlier on in the season. But ultimately, we got the win and we've not lost to Norwich in the last three times we've played them. I can see that continuing. I can see United winning. And primarily because I'm not there. Uh, I can definitely see us getting a result. um, Because I'm a bad omen with that club. But I'm going to set... Well, we'll get on to score prediction. Um, I'd like to see McGoldrick score again. I'd like to see Moussa score. And I'd like to see... I'd like to see one of the centre-backs score, I'll tell you. I'll be honest. Because they should have had a goal. They should have had goals throughout the season. But uh, they've been chalked off for various matters. In terms of score predictions, 8th against 20th, I'm going to say for this, I'm going to go 3... It's either 3-0 or 3-1. Got to make your mind up. Let's go 3-0. Let's go 3-0, because at the end of the day, with Super 6, uh, with predictions, I get 2 or 5, so it's still some points. So I'll say a 3-0 for me. To the Blades, Naz, what are you thinking? I think you're talking absolute rubbish. (laughs) Um, Ooh. Sheffield United. Do you want me to give the prediction first or to give my thoughts give on your the thoughts game? First, right, on. okay. This is another one of those games. And I was uh, at uh, Bramall Lane on Boxing Day when you played Watford. Yes. And you weren't very good that we day. We were not, no. Um, thankfully, I'm not there <laughs> this, this Saturday. Uh, this has got banana skin written all over it, it because has. I know exactly what will happen. It shouldn't happen, and Chris Wilder is, is a master at not making it happen, but I guarantee you uh, United will put in a stinker of a performance, okay? they will. The, the first half will probably be as, as, as boring as watching paint dry. Um, right. It'll be nil-nil at the break, and in the second half, Norwich will have... Maybe a, a set piece or a, a, a breakaway. And they set up nicely. He, he, Daniel Fark is a very, very good uh, tactician. I know the bottom of the league. I'm going to go Sheffield United 1, Norwich 3. Ooh. Okay. Okay, then. This is uh, it's very interesting. I do get what you mean about the banana skin, but if you looked earlier on in the season, I'm trying to think who are, are we played... We played Villa, didn't we? I'm trying to... Where, where did well, we you play? Can, you can name Villa or Bournemouth, but, but then you could also go back to Brighton when that looked like a game that you should win and you drew. Um, yes. 
So and 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 he had and and Chris very rarely does Chris do this, but he had a real go at the fans after that Brighton game. Yes, he did. And it's the first time he, he's done that, and I think he was riled there because I think he wasn't happy with the result, mm. and he's kind of used it as a as a little bit of an excuse. Mm. You know, when I look at um, when I look at the the side that uh, Norwich put out in midweek, I think, you know. There's the there's T and there's McLean and Tetty and a few other Steeperman and Pookie that didn't actually get too many minutes the other night. Yeah. They will be back. Mm-hmm. I think Norwich will win. I think uh, that's I, I do think Norwich will come to the lane and they'll surprise everybody and then suddenly, you know, people start thinking, oh God, it's, right. it's falling off. Okay, doke, okay, doke. We shall see. Uh, so it's a three-one Norwich to Naz, uh, Connor. One side says one thing, one side says another. Which side are you coming down on? Well, I'm going to go in the middle to a certain extent. I don't agree that it's going to be a walk in the park, 3-0, comfortable game. I do think Norwich are going to score. Uh, I just think United will probably have a little bit too much for them on the day. Uh, I'm going 2-1 to United. So another 2-1 for you there. Right, fair enough. We shall see. And um, we're obviously... Those are the games, and we'll review them next week. But uh, it is back to business as usual next week because we've had we've had two shows in one week for the first time in in quite a while. It's back to business as usual uh, next week here on Football Forum. That mountain that they need to climb is getting steeper every week. I honestly, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core, to be honest. It's not a good time to be a Sheffield United fan. Two-one defeat away at the Figgin. Connor, uh, Viggen, Viggen. I don't know. Where's Viggen. that come I'm from? Tight. The biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. All right. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Joseph Hadfield. Oh, goodness me. So <laughs> Josh Chapman. Oh, wow. It was awful. Connor Thorpe. It was uh, an absolutely massive win. Cardinal Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Card- Cardinal wow. Reddit. Can't believe I've just said <laughs> We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. Thursdays from 5.15. Only on Shoe Radio. Yes, Football Forum back on Wednesday when we've got uh, quite a jam-packed show there. But uh, it's time for another round of Unpredictable. Um, And we should say, because obviously we've got the scores from last week's games. And, uh, well, Connor... You've won again. I thought I had a good one, yeah. It's you, Chelsea uh, 2, Liverpool 0. You had a couple of uh, couple of weeks off, but you're back. Double figures again. 13 points. Uh, four, cor- four correct uh, two-pointers and uh, a five-pointer. So not bad there at all. Um, so you got 13. I didn't do too badly with uh, United, a 2-1 spot on. Uh, nine for me and Chappers. He isn't here, but he got six uh so never mind we're gonna get a but to be fair we all did pretty well on united on wednesday although to be fair we all said it Man wasn't City to win, too much so. of a exactly choice. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna get on to uh to the scores let's have a look at how we are you need to update yours and you still haven't mm. uh but chappers has got two six three uh connor's beat the 300 mark he's on 302 and i'm on 309 so seven point lead as it stands we move on to round number 44 um, so we've done United on Wednesday, and now this is where we're going to change up a little bit because usually it's four of the TV games, but uh, we don't want to do Liverpool, Man United, and all those sort of things all of the time. Uh, so Connor's picked out a few of the big three o'clock Championship games, and that's where we're going to start. Uh, we're going to start at the Valley, Charlton in twentieth against Middlesbrough in twenty-second, three o'clock. This in the Championship, Charlton against Borough. Naz, what are you going for? 
I've seen both these sides recently, and they're both utterly garbage. <laughs> really. Um, I, I saw Huddersfield pretty much dismantle Charlton yeah. uh, the other week. Um, and Middlesbrough aren't much better. <laughs> this is going to be narrow. It's going to be a Charlton 1, Borough nil. You're going for a 1-0 to Charlton. Myself... Oh, I'm not too sure. Let's have a look at uh, how they've done. Re- yeah, as as do you, said. Do you want me to give you some a, a little bit of a form guide? Before Go on, you... then. Give us a form guide. So Charlton, they have lost their last two games, and they've generally been in pretty dire form since they had that good start to the season. They, that was marred by an injury crisis. However, Naz, I don't know if, which which game do you see it. I think the, the Huddersfield game. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him against Wednesday, and although Wednesday only scored one, we could have had more, and they were pretty dire. Um, Having said that, they've in in terms of their relegation six pointers recently, they did lose three one at Stoke, but they've had two really key relegation uh, battle games. They've beaten Luton three one and Barnsley two one in those, so they've ro- risen to the occasion um, on a couple of times. Middlesbrough, they won four consecutive games in late December, mm-hmm. uh, three in late December, and then one on New Year's Day. But they haven't won since New Year's Day. They're winless in ten. Uh, they've put in some decent performances from what I've heard against um, Brentford and what I saw against Forest, but they have a habit of still dropping points when they even play well. So um, your score prediction it's, is what? It's 1-1 because it's they're both pretty much as bad as each other uh, <laughs> and it's difficult to like. Now I said it's it's a tight one uh, and I don't I can't see anybody uh, taking the game and, and winning it. So you're going 1-1, Naz is going for a 1-0 and I'm going 2-0 Charlton. Primarily because Charlton have got some attacking prowess, shall we say. I.e. Lyle Taylor. Exactly. 11 Whereas goals Borough this season. really yeah. doesn't have anything. So we're going to go for a 2-0 there. And, and wasn't he at the lane, Lyle Taylor, for a little while? He was. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, no quite, wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I see where you're going there. <laughs> oh, dear me. Anyway. It, it was um, me that mentioned him, to yeah. be fair. I don't, I, don't, I don't like this having two Wednesday fans in the studio. <laughs> be better next week when Chappers is back. Anyway, uh, so Charlton Borough, let's move on to uh, to the next one or oh, the Championship game. And oh, you have really picked some uh, some awful games here. No, it, no, big games. Well, big this is a game. this is a massive game. It's a huge massive game. This is a uh, huge game. They're uh, they're uh, poor side, shall we say? Because it's Stoke in twenty first against Hull in eighteenth. Hull seemingly they can't buy a win at the moment, and to be fair, Stoker. Likewise, Naz, what are you saying? Hull are what well, they need a result. Yeah, they need a result. Okay, selling. I mean, who'd have thought selling both your best players in January uh, and selling all of your goals in January, not replacing help, them, it? right? Would 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 be a problem? Uh, you know, uh, I can't think who thought that was a good idea. But anyway. They did. Bowen and Grzycki are gone. Bowen, by the way, exceptional talent, Jared mm-hmm. Bowen. I can't understand why nobody picked him up beforehand. Um, I've seen Stoke as well recently. They're not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and people talk about Michael O'Neill turning that. Yes, he has turned it around, but they are still only, what, one point off the bottom three? Yep. This is key for Hull. Hull got a drubbing against Leeds. Mm-hmm. I think Grant McCann will go there... And he will set this up in such a way that they get a narrow victory. Mm. I think this is going to be Stoke 1, Hull 2. Stoke 1, Hull 2. I am going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say Stoke 2, 
Hull 1. Primarily because I think Hull are going to take the lead, then Stoke are going to get an equaliser, and everyone's thinking it's going to be another Stoke draw. And then Stoke are just going to nick it in the last minute, I think, or something along those lines. So I'm saying 2-1, Connor. Uh, I'm saying 2-0 to Hull. I can't really see where these... Uh, sorry, 2-0 to Stoke, sorry. 2-0 Stoke. I can't see where these Hull goals are coming from. Like you say, getting rid of uh, Bowen and Grzycki. Uh Their next top scorers are uh, Tom Eaves with five, Josh McGuinness with three, and Malik Wilkes, who has three. So, Sounds like Sheffield Wednesday's goal scorers. Well, but we have... Well, and Tom Eaves is out as well. E- exactly, yeah. So you're relying on... on Josh McGuinness or Malik Wilkes, who couldn't really get in the Barnsley team as well, mm. uh, to try and get you some goals. And it, and I'm not surprised that they're on the run that they're on. I think since um, since Boxing Day, they're the only team that have picked up less points than Wednesday. They've not won since New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. And like Naz said, not only did they get battered by Leeds, they got battered against Brentford mm. um, as well. And they also conceded four at home to Swansea. So they're leaking goals left, right and centre at the minute. And Stoke might take a while to get going because they're not full of confidence at the minute um, they are only one point clear of, of the bottom three but that's mainly because of the bad start to the season they've had yep. if you take the table from when O'Neill came in they'd be eighth so although they're not a great side I don't think they're really going to go down so I think Stoke will win this one. So a 2-0 there. Let's uh, speed through the other Premier League games and uh, it's a Manchester derby is the simple fact of the matter. Fifth against second Um Sunday, Super Sunday, 4.30 kickoff. Naz, your score prediction for this one. A Manchester United 1, Manchester City 3. Oof. Bit of a toughie. I'm going to go for a 1-1 uh, because Manchester derbies recently have been very tight. So a 1-1 for me, Connor. Oh, I'm struggling because I'm going to I'm gonna go 1-1. You're going 1-1. Um, yeah. Uh, Man United do have a good record against City this season, but they have beaten them twice away. They did lose 3-1 at home, and I think that's probably because of all the possession that City will have and United can set, set up and play on the breakaway, whereas they're not really going to be able to do that as much at home. Having said that, uh, it was a, I think they'll put in a similar performance to what they did against Liverpool. I still think they'll they'll get a point out of it. Um, I think that what will be key will be seeing Bruno Fernandes come into it a bit more. Uh, Guile in the final third, someone who can pick out a key pass. He's had a great impact in there. Um, and I think he might get a goal. So one right, one. so one-one there. Uh, finally, it's Burnley against Spurs, five thirty on Sky tomorrow uh, evening. Uh, Naz ninth against seventh. What are you going for? Jose needs a win, and Jose's got a good record at Burnley, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever he's gone there, so Burnley one, Spurs two. Right, two-one to Spurs. I'm going to go for a 1-1, a lot of 1-1s this week. Um, but they've both had a good run of form. Burnley doing particularly well and beating the last five. Spurs on the back of two defeats. But I'm going to say a 1-1. Connor, any different? I'm going 1-0 to Burnley. We're all Ooh. in disagreement here. <laughs> Burnley are on a very good run of form. Um, they are unbeaten in six Premier League games. And in, the, in that spell, they've only conceded two. So they're very solid at the back. Spurs are struggling because they've not got Kane and Son. They've lost the last four games in all competitions. Um, Burnley could leapfrog, well, will leapfrog Spurs if they win. So they're a massive, uh, massive incentive for them. I just fancy them to nick it by by one goal to nil. But it's a, again, it's a tight one. Good stuff. Right, Connor, the uh, the quiz question for this week it was the three lowest Premier League attendances uh, capacities, capacities yeah. from last season. 
Now, I'm trying to think, and um, I'm trying to think who went down. I can't remember who went down. Do you want to have a go at it now? So if you Bournemouth's got to be one of them. Yep. Okay. Um, Fuller, Fulham. Are they no. one of them? No. no. Uh, oh goodness. Um, oh goodness me, who uh, who went down? Cardiff. No. Watford potentially. Well, they are. They, are, but you know, you meant to get them in order. So we'll, I'll give you it anyway. Yeah. I'll give you it anyway. So Watford are the third lowest. Props to Connor yeah. for that one. <laughs> so Watford, um, Watford and Bournemouth are the two of the three. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the other one. Oh goodness, Crystal Palace. We've just we've just been previewing him. That Burnley. would be yeah. Burnley. Yep. Right. So the order then. Bournemouth, is... Burnley, Watford. I was going to guess tide. it, but fair enough. Oh, but you just got it. Fair enough. Anyway, <laughs> so it's Bournemouth, Burnley and Watford. Bournemouth on about 11,000? 11, 11, I'd, I'd, I'd have to go back and look know, at it. You don't know. It's right. about 11,000. Right, fair enough. So Bournemouth, Burnley oh, and... So Bournemouth is 11,000, uh, Burnley is 21,000 and Watford is 23,700. And you think Sheffield Wednesday are in the championship getting attendances of about 25,000 and yet you've got Bournemouth in the league getting 11,000. But there you are. Anyways. Well, football doesn't work on attendances, unfortunately. It does, unfortunately. unfortunately. But there you are. That is your lot. And that's We're still it. massive, though. Yeah. <laughs> halfway down the championship but anyway that's your lot for Still football massive. forum uh, this week huge thank you once again to Naz Premji for coming back to join us again yeah I, 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 you know after after the abuse I've given I don't know if I'm going to get any, <laughs> uh, another invite but yeah thank you for having me I'm sure you can make it a hat-trick ball one day yep definitely um, and uh, that's it from us this week we're on Twitter at football forum underscore uh, catch us on Facebook Shoe Football Forum is what you search on. Captivate uh, now, not SoundCloud. Uh, that's tinyurl.com slash shoe football forum. See, we're back, as you heard, on Wednesday afternoon, well, Wednesday morning, 11 o'clock on the 11th at 11. Uh, because, well, for the fourth time of asking, we're going to try and get Dave Beckett on the programme uh, to speak to us. And uh, and Rob Jones of Sky Sports News is also joining us. A double header for you there uh, as we continue into March. So that's it from us three, from me and Connor. And Chappers is back as well next week. Uh, so from all the team here on Football Forum, it's bye for now. Take care. Bye-bye. Shoe Radio. Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.